Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another rousing edition of our summer series here, where we are watch-alongs and reviews of pay-per-views. Uh, of course, it is myself and Jim joining us today. Uh, she was on our 2020 Women's Royal Rumble match, and she is back with us. So let's welcome back Sarah. Thank you. How are you doing, Hi guys, Sarah? Thank you for having me. Of course. Now, here's the the first question I have because each of these summer series was done in a different way, depending on if someone chose a watch along or a review, and then also they had the choice of. Um, you know, they can either have me give three random events from a randomizer, or they can choose three and me and Bill vote. Now, Bill, remind me again what Sarah's three that she picked were. Her three were SummerSlam 1992, WrestleMania 19, and Battleground 2016. Now, Sarah, so here's, here's my question. It's kind of a two-part question here. Number one... Why those three? Because you could have chosen from any event at any point. And I'm not criticizing you or anything like that. I'm just kind of curious if there was a a pattern or if you were like, eh, all right, this one, this one, and this one, whatever. And the second part of that question is, once you submitted those three, was there actually one that you were hoping for more than the other? Um, I decided to be random and... um. I'm kind of glad y'all chose chose Battleground because it kept sticking out in my mind. So, like, when I brought it back up and everything, I was like, with everything on the card and stuff, it was, um, I was like, oh, yeah, that's why it stuck out. I just remember a lot of people complaining, and I was like, <laughs> no, 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 um, this was a great, this was a great pay-per-view. Mm. Did we watch the same show, you know? <laughs> so I, I just wanted to be random. And I said, well, I, I'm going to be extremely random and see what they do. And uh, so here we are. It, it, and I'll, let me just tell you, since that was the thought process, that was extremely random. That was definitely <laughs> as random as the randomizer that I gave the guys that, um, that requested a randomizer event. Uh-huh. Uh, so here's the, the here's the story. Apparently, Bill went to this event. Yes. I now, was... my original vote... Sorry, Bill. Uh, can I continue? No, I was just going to say, I was at this show. My original vote went to uh, WrestleMania 19. Uh-huh. And then I was like... Then Bill informed me, he's like, I, I'm going to vote for Battleground because I was there. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I said to him, you know what, Bill? I'm going to concede to you on this one. You instead of doing a tiebreaker, I'll just let you do it because you were there, and hopefully that makes things more interesting. I give in him the all, sad puppy eyes. In all of the summer series that we will or have done, this is the hardest event for me to get through, for sure. Now, Bill, I hope that you make make it up because after watching this, I was like, I really wish I didn't concede my vote. <laughs> <laughs> But I, like I said, there's 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 very few things. There's a couple things I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But but for the most part, and we'll get to it. Bill, why don't you give us the um, the story of like what made you go to this event? Because certainly events have run to your in your area before that you haven't gone to. Right. And who who did you go with? Stuff like that. Um. Well, it really began the night after 
the Money in the Bank pay-per-view that had taken place. Because I had known this event was going to be at Verizon Center. And at first I was like, eh, I don't really, you know, I don't really want to go. But like that Raw, they said, oh, it's going to be Ambrose, Rollins, and Reigns in the main event. So I was like, I have to go see this just <clears throat> for that match. So I asked my friend Brian, who we've had on the show before. Right, he did Starcade 1983, so you can listen to that in the archives and hear the ridiculously long Ric Flair celebration. <laughs> <laughs> he celebrated for like 14 minutes. It, it, it was long. And then uh, we also asked our friend Ed to go with us. So we got basically nosebleed seats for mm-hmm. the show. But we had a, we were like right in the middle, so we could see the ring. So we had no mm-hmm. problem with that. So basically the main event is what got me to go see this event. That's fair. And, and what's hey, interesting... I can't blame you. I, I, I would have did it too. I will say this. That was probably the most meaningful match of this entire event. That main event. And we'll, obviously we'll get to it. But um, I... This was during a time that I wasn't watching wrestling at all. So this is definitely a first time watch for me um sarah you said you kind of remembered this i did it kept sticking out in my mind um it popped up in my facebook um memories and um so when i got the email i was like well i'm gonna throw that in there and then throw a couple other things in there so um but yeah that i just I, like I said, I just wanted to be random, and I said, well, it'd be interesting if they pick it, and, you know, y'all did, so. <laughs> I mean, one person picked it, one person conceded to the other person. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> and, you know, while I'm thinking about it, before I lose my thought, that would be a cool thing to do, like, um, like in the future, like a podcast of events that you've been to, because I got some great stories as well of play- of events I've been to as well. So that, that just popped in my head. I just wanted to say that. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And I definitely have a lot in my backyard as far as that goes being from the Northern New Jersey, New York area. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So one thing that's important to note before we even get into the show, because it does, it doesn't, it doesn't affect the show. This is apparently the final show before the rosters are apparently split. Yeah, I don't yes. know how long that lasts because I can't imagine it lasting that long. Because when I started watching back up, I think in like 2018, I feel like they weren't split. So, um, but this is significant because of that. Uh, I hated the flag opening theme, and more specifically, I was shocked to learn that this is like the fifth battleground event. Huh. Well, yeah, there was a there was a lot of um, there was a lot of key things that led up to this pay per view, um, brand brand extension being one of them. Um, of course, the Shield Triple Threat was the main event, and I mean that would have just sold to me. That would have just sold the entire pay per view, no matter what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Randy Orton had returned after a nine month absence. Um, okay. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure. And then this marked the main roster debut of Bailey, 
Um, and then the big, the uh, I put a star beside this because I, um, I completely forgot that this coincided with the pay-per-view. This was on the heels of Roman Reigns' first wellness policy violation. It was a huge topic going into this um, pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Right, because isn't this build a year that we did the Royal Rumble? It was 2015, or am I? No, I'm sorry, 2016. Oh, so wait, he had. Oh no, he just won because that rot in Triple H won. Right. Um. But he still was pushed, though, after that, right? So that must have been a huge story at this time. Um, yeah. I mean, he's still going for a championship after this event, but he's not going for, like, the WWE title. Mm-hmm. All right, so we start things off with Charlotte and Dana Brooke, who I never knew ever teamed up, <laughs> versus Sasha Banks and a mystery person. And that mystery person was Bailey. Now, what I didn't realize, or maybe I just zoned out, is I did not realize that this was Bailey's main roster debut, so I'll be a little less hard on it, because my original reaction was, oh, cool, they're doing the same thing they're doing in 2025 years ago. <laughs> um, if it wasn't for the Rube, I would have had a Dana Alexa Bliss moment, where <laughs> at first I was like, oh, two blondes, and you can't, I can't I don't know, they kind of look the same. Yeah. But then Charlotte's taller anyway, so. Yeah. Um, Sasha does, like, the a scary, I think it was head scissors, um, where it looked like Charlotte could have landed really bad on her head. It was kind of like a, yeah, it was kind of like that or Hurricane one. Um, yeah, that was, if anything else, that was probably, like, just the only bad thing that happened during this match. But I did catch that, and I went, ooh. <laughs> it and happens. Then, and then the other note here is I have Sasha's theme. And I don't even know, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even know she has the same theme, even though I've been watching SmackDown since the pandemic. Um, Sasha's theme sounds a lot like a ripoff slash cheap version of a Bruno Mars song. And I don't know why it comes across to me like that. Yeah. I think specifically like a bad version of 24K. That's uh. all. Uh, what do you got here, Sarah? What'd you think? Obviously, I'm not that big of a fan, but I want to hear what you and Bill have to say. And if you caught anything that I might have missed. Well, the first thing that I um, put, I put this to the side here. I put in pipe and crowd noise much. <laughs> uh, I think it was very evident um, during the opening match here. Um, I put on here as well... Um, I really liked Dana Brooke with Charlotte. Um, I re- uh, I thought about this as well, and they never really, after they kind of split up, they never really went in, you know, they never really followed up with that in terms of a match or whatever. If they did, I don't remember it. Right. Um, but um, this match was very, um, this, this match was, big in the aspect that this was leading up to the first ever um, Women's Hell in the Cell. That was the first women's main event on a pay-per-view and the Raw main events after that. So um, that was leading up to it. And of course, um, Bailey's long-awaited main roster debut. Um, it was obvious that Sasha was going to pick her, but she still got a huge reaction when she came out. 
Mm-hmm. Also put on here, Charlotte looks much better here versus now. Oh my um, gosh, yes. Yeah, um, uh, that's the one thing that really stood out to me, and um, I was like, "Why, why, why, why did you change your look? You looked fine here." <laughs> <laughs> and then my last note here, um, I put short, sweet, and fun, and maximize the minutes to accomplish what they needed to um, accomplish. Mm-hmm. Bill, what'd you think? I thought. Well, I think the Bailey being the mystery partner was sort of an obvious pick, but the way the crowd reacted was so loud. I mean, they just went crazy. Um, and and that's going to be a theme for for me throughout the night, especially at at certain parts. It's not all parts, but at certain parts, like Bailey gets this huge ovation, and in a way, the crowd participation for this reminds me of when we did backlash a little while ago jim where the Mm. crowd is into this opening match okay the only difference is i think the crowd at backlash was in it more than they were here but it doesn't mean that this wasn't a good match this was a good tag match it, it did what Sarah said. It sets up Sasha and Charlotte for what they're going to have down the road. Um, it was a good opening match. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, and by the way, I wonder if this is going to be a, uh, a, a theme with you, Bill, in that you defend the crowd throughout the night because <laughs> a certain someone we know is in the crowd at this point. Um, and also, Bill, I want to know, because there's no way that you didn't go to the bathroom during this event. I want to know when you went, when we got to it. Am I to assume that correctly, Bill, that you went to the bathroom? I might have. I don't remember. There's when. no way you went three hours. I, I, don't, I wouldn't believe it. I want to say, um, pop in right quick. I want to mm-hmm. say that this um, feud between Charlotte and Sasha in 2016, this is one of my favorite women's feuds. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a good feud. No, we're just we're just over here talking about Bill going to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next match is uh, New Day versus the Wyatt family. My God, this video package so made me not want to see this match. <laughs> I was like, I was watching. I was like, oh God, this is. Ugh. First off, as everyone probably knows, I hate New Day. I think like every time I'm embarrassed that I'm like even watching wrestling when they're on. So right there, that's that's a. Uh, that's that's a blow for me, but also give me back SOS Kofi. I want you mean SOS Kofi back? Where'd you making me crazy, Kofi? Um, I don't know why I have this. There's something must have been said with either the announcers or maybe even New Day themselves, but I have Taylor Swift a million times better than New Day. Oh, I think it was because they mentioned. Um... They mentioned her in the promo. Yeah. Um, oh, God. It was something. Like she broke, like, it was like they're, they were relating the breakup of the Wyatts to, to a Taylor Swift breakup. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And that's why I put, yeah, taste way a million times better. Um, I put it on this side here just because I'm petty. I was like, what happened to the exalted one? Was he injured? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> not, not exactly. 
So when we actually got to the match, I wrote, I got bored and checked my turnip prices on Animal Crossing. <laughs> that happened. And then I think my last note here is, oh, the last note doesn't have to do with anything in this match, so never mind. What did you guys think of it? Like, it looks like it was, they did spend, to be fair, it looks like they did spend a lot of time to build this up based on that video package. So it looks like a lot of TV time was used. Yeah, because here, and I actually think the buildup was actually good, because they're building up Xavier Woods. Not Big E, not Kofi, but they're building Xavier Woods as being afraid of Bray Wyatt. And I... That was a highlight during that match. I did write that down. mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that's actually a pretty good idea. I mean, I'm not saying that Woods is the weakest member of the team, but you don't see him really getting this kind of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. At one point, JBL said that Eric Rowan threw a clothesline like Stan Hansen and Joe, or Joe Frazier. He just can't help himself with the sports references, can he? He just can't freaking help himself. I don't think Joe Frazier ever threw a clothesline. That's- yeah, I don't think so either. Well, that's true, too. So I went right to the sports nonsense right. that you I think this is my only sports reference I have here, actually. God. Well, no, actually, I do have a, I do have another one, but I'll I'll wonder about that when we get to it. I wonder if it's JBL. Hmm. No, it, it's actually not JBL. Um, Probably in the crowd saying something. You know, I love I love the Wyatt family, oh, and um, I would I would I wish there would have been so much more um, stuff with them. Um, Bray, I mean, even thinking of him as the Fiend now, one thing that's always stood out is Bray Wyatt is has always been an excellent promo guy. No matter if he was, you know the cult leader or he was a fiend or whatever. I mean, he is an absolute gem when it comes to promo work. Bill, do you want to take this time to put yourself over as being part of the crowd and how the crowd felt on this one? <laughs> sure. I, you know, when, when we got to Xavier and Bray, the crowd did get excited. They did. Cause that was the whole story. Um, it was a very good emphasis. It was. Um, it wasn't as loud as the opening match, but I thought they were, look, watching back on it, because this was actually the first time I've seen the show since I went to it, so, uh, okay. so my opinions may change, so, so Jim, be, it's not going to be all positive, yes. so, uh, <laughs> I, watching right. it, it was like, eh, but the Woods Bray moment was like the big pop for this match, and and, and well deserved because that was what the first oh match. yeah yeah. Other than that, match was okay. I put right. on the side. I put on the side here. I put uh, with the video package. <laughs> I had a boneyard match feel when they did the <laughs> when they yard did before the, the boneyard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Is that new uh, WWE like Network original? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, another, um, I put a sign on here. Um, that was my favorite sign. Um, said New Day. Uh, there was a New Day sign designed like Pokemon. It said New Day, I choose you. I thought oh, that was yeah, cute. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. And then, would, go ahead. I was going to say, I would have chosen Jigglypuff. 
<laughs> and he would have put the new day asleep, and that's when they get assaulted. And then I win. Well, I'll put on here too. I'll put on a good performance. And fun fact here: three of these guys have been WWE champions. That's quite impressive. Oh wow! After right. you know, post battleground. I'll have to tell my nephew Jacob to listen to this for the Jiggly Puff mention. Yes, he's a Pokemon fan. Good. Who's oh, his yeah, favorite Pokemon? Um. Well, I know he's a Pikachu fan. Right. Who is he? Also okay. likes Jigglypuff. All right. Very good. Um. So the next match we have is Rusev versus Zack Ryder, and I put down Ryder. Finally, someone to give me someone to care about. <laughs> Rusev wins. There wasn't much to it. Um, Mojo Rawley sucks, and that's all I have. For this. I can't. I can't stand Mojo Rawley. <laughs> it's terrible. The only, the loudest pop, which was not shown on here, was for Lana. Yeah. In between, like the commercial and setting up the match, she got a nice ovation. I do remember that. There was a Mojo chant Ugh. for this. You're, you're, you, you, you should be embarrassed by your fans, by the fans that were there. Uh, yeah, well, to be, okay, to be fair, though. Yes. He lived in Alexandria, Virginia, which is outside of D.C. Mm-hmm. He went to college at the University of Maryland. So he is a local guy. So he was going to get a pop. Even yeah. if he sucks, he is going to get a pop. <laughs> Okay, I'm here. I put that I wanted to be like Lana when I grow up. <laughs> this is this um this um character of Lana, uh, Lana here is my favorite. I I just she you could tell that she was really good on the mic, even though she didn't say a whole lot or whatever. And then I put on here the only one that can have me. <laughs> Boy, how things have changed. Right. <laughs> well, no, he's Bobby Lashley. Yeah, right, gosh. And so, um, I noticed on this um I noticed on this um replay here, did they switch the music to Zack Ryder? Yeah. Or they... Yes, they did. Yeah, so they didn't so the radio was actually his theme song, they just put it on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. And then I thought I heard a Rusev Day chant. No. No, I don't. In fact, I that think I, I, I was listening that. for that too. Only because I think in so this was 2016. Rusev was, no, was Rusev, another year, I think. Well, no, no, no. I, was it I heard year? that, and I, I put it to the side. I was like, did I hear Rusev Day, or am I think dreaming things? Now, I guess you're right, Bill. That would be like another year or so. All right, you're right. Now, okay. Now, now I now I did question one JBL comment, and it's actually a political one. It's not a sports one. Oh, okay. I'm more okay with a political comment. Go ahead. Because he talks about he like they they bring up the U.S. title, and he mentions how when Harry Truman was in the White House, when they left, his wife said the one thing she would miss the most being in D.C. would be watching wrestle Capitol wrestling on Thursday nights. At eight o'clock. What a weird yeah, I heard that. Yep. <laughs> now, now the show is is real. That that actually was a real show. It was on Channel Five here in DC. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that comment about Mrs. Truman, so I might have to look that up. See if that's 
uh, a true statement or not. Yeah, no, I go ahead. Uh, no, I was I was about to move on to the next thing because I have a question. Okay. For both of you um, that I don't understand. After between um, between the matches here, we had a promo um, with Seth Rollins, Stephanie McMahon, and Mick Foley, and I put on here Baby Boom Rollins, LOL. <laughs> well, and, and here's my question: that I don't understand. So, why are there two? Why is there a general manager and, I guess, a commissioner? Yeah, this was really weird. Because SmackDown has the same thing. It's not like they're different. Yeah, they had um, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan, and then poor Raw, they had Mick Foley and Stephanie McMahon, and they really, um, post a pay-per-view here, they really um, highlighted how Mick Foley and Stephanie McMahon just couldn't seem to agree on anything. I want to say that's the one thing that stuck out is they never really agreed on anything. There was a lot of conflict. Right. Sort of I just don't understand these, like what, like why are they equal? And like, what if there's a decision that they're both making and they're different? How is there a tiebreaker then? That's what I'm talking about. Right. But yeah, there was this this little segment backstage, whatever. Now, Seth Rollins, rah, rah, rah. Okay. I, what? I do want to mention one quote that Seth Rollins had, and it really had me scratching my head. Because he was like, I'm, I'm the best wrestler. I am the LeBron James. I am the Tom Brady. I am the Channing Tatum of WWE. Oh, that was so funny. Wait. Channing Tatum was an athlete? <laughs> you don't know. No, I don't. Yeah, he said there was going to be a baby boom. It's like baby boom yeah. Rollins. And yeah. like now that him and Becky Lynch are expecting, I, I just thought that was really funny. Uh, the next match we have is Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. The video package reminds me how like less interesting Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens is compared to El Generico and Kevin Steen. Um, but you know what? They gave this a lot of time. And the and I guess the fans, Bill including, I'm sure. I'm, I'm almost sure that this is not the one that Bill would have taken his bathroom break on. No, oh God, uh, the no. fans oh, chant, no, no, no. this is awesome. Although I did say it, it this It would have is, had to been a straight up emergency for that. I, yeah, it would have. Uh, I know I did say this is nothing compared to the Ring of Honor matches. Uh, your winner, Sami Zayn. What did you guys think? I'm going to let you start because I got a lot to say on this one. All right, that's fair. Well, I'll put on here that this match stole the show. Um, that was one match that did stand out when I think of Battleground 2016. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Um, for WWE standards, this, to me, I think it's still a classic. Um, it was a really great match. Um, the ring apron spot was one of my favorites. Sami Zayn... Um, did I can't remember exactly what he did now, but I'll put he killed KO. That was a good spot. Um this was like a match of the year contender, match match of the night contender. Like I said, there was a lot of back and forth action. He stole the show. Um it was it was good stuff. And I want to say I'm gonna tell you right here. This match had um was to um this match was eight over 18 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So, um, that it had plenty of, uh, time. Right. So that's why they were able to do a lot of that stuff or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was one of the longer matches on the card. 
right, Bill, what's the fans' perspective on this? Well, actually, I do want to mention real quick that the comment that JBO mentioned about Harriet Truman's wife is true. Oh, wow. So she did watch wrestling. So. Hmm. Okay. The match turns around when Sammy goes for the moonsault and he lands shoulder first on the apron. Mm. When that happened, I thought to myself, oh, no, this match is over. Because I, I, like, I thought like he had like torn uh, you know, a, 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 a cartilage or something. Mm-hmm. After that, it is beyond crazy. The fans are going bonkers. They're on their feet. They're, everything you saw is true. It was a standing ovation. They were... It was crazy. I, I agree with Jim that while this was not their best match, they have had better matches in Ring of Honor... Mm-hmm. To me, this is hands down their best WWE match because, well, it was supposed to be the end, quote-unquote, the end of the feud. Right. And just the way they did it, especially the last 10 minutes, 12 minutes, was insane. And I don't think a lot of those people had seen that kind of wrestling before. Mm-hmm. And they were just going crazy they were crazy it was an unbelievable sight it's one of those that you know they left it all in the ring mm-hmm. so i also have a quote here by jbl and a note so when, after that apparently jbl says somebody called the sheriff these guys stole the show and then i wrote jbl fuck you <laughs> i hate i don't know why i hated that line he uses that quote a lot Maybe that's why it is. So I'm so tired of JBLisms. Why is he even announcing, by the way? Uh, Shucky Ducky Quack Quack. I mean, at least that's kind of funny. But JBL, like, all does about, yeah, all JBL does is he does friggin' random sports references. I don't know if he still says, probably not. The next Mrs. Layfield. Uh I don't think he does that anymore, but. No, uh, I don't think so either. uh, Okay, so next thing I said, um, why are we listening to Renee Young's panel? Don't care. Uh, I don't know why we were listening to that panel, to be honest with you. Um, do you have a reason, Bill, as someone that was there? And is this when you went to the bathroom? Uh, this probably would have been when I went to the bathroom. Or did you get a snack instead? No, I got a snack before the pre-show match. Okay. And and, and actually, this is a good segue because they do talk about the pre-show match. Yeah. I could tell you the Usos got the second loudest jeers the entire show. Mm, good for them. Um, so the next match is Natalia versus Becky Lynch. I got bored and played Uno on Switch. <laughs> um, Natalia wins probably the worst match of the night. Ooh. I'm going to disagree. Well, I'll disagree with you because I think it's the next one. But... This is where I'm disappointed in the fans for this one. Because as soon as Natalia's song hits, everybody gets up and starts going to the bathroom. Or the, the oh, man. And there's like a family behind me, and the woman's like, why are they leaving? This is a good match. Why are they leaving? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I had just gotten back, so. But yeah, this was like, 
the wrong match to have gone to the bathroom. I don't know. That seems about right. Except except for the fact that they had like Renee Young's nonsense for like ten minutes. Like you could have went then. Okay. Now I have here a quote that Natalia says in the match that I actually did not hear at the arena, um, which sort of got a got me to chuckle a little bit. So she's making fun of Becky, and she's like, "I love Becky. She's beautiful." Oh God. <laughs> I like, um, they had a play on their past history during commentary, um, so that kind of reminded me, oh, yeah, they did kind of have a history, despite the fact that this is when Natalia just turned heel, and I think the SmackDown Women's Championship wasn't, um, around quite yet, mm-hmm. um, so... I think I put on the side here that I enjoyed the match for what it was, um... Nat- Natty has some good stuff in here, and um, for um, for Becky and Natty um, post pay per view, um, you know they really did have some good stuff. And I was when Natalia actually won the SmackDown Women's Championship later. I can't remember if it was the year after, you know, that next year or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought that was um, that was a nice surprise. Um, Natty is somebody that I think that is uh, um, underrated, and I really enjoyed her reign as SmackDown Women's Champion. So this was kind of just like almost like a prelude to this, and um, but I enjoyed it for what it was, just because it was Natalia and Becky Lynch, and this was before the whole the man thing, and um, you know before. Alexa Bliss got insanely over. So, I mean, so there's that. All right. Um, So next we have Shane, Daniel Bryan, and Dean Ambrose backstage. They say some stuff pretty much equivalent to the Seth Rollins promo. They're getting hyped up about the main event. And then we have what I guess Bill is considering his worst match of the night. Mm -hmm. Darren Young versus The Miz. The only reason I think this is above the previous match is because I like the Darren Young made Darren Young great again. <laughs> so again, this is like the second person that I cared about in this entire event, the other being Ryder. So I, I cannot it was a fall. Great idea that it, it was a great idea that didn't last make Darren Young great again, and I feel like that was Vince's tribute to Donald Trump. You know, whole <laughs> make America great again, and then they brought in Bob Backlund for it and all that. It, it, it was um, that was kind of a nice play, but um, but yeah, it didn't last, and um, and then this took place. And I put on here, this took place on the cusp of the inf- infamous talking smack moment between Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan and The Miz. Yep. Yeah, that's not too far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill, what did you think? Okay, first off, I think Darren Young's a very good wrestler. This has nothing to do with Darren Young. It has nothing to do with The Miz. It just did not click. For some reason. Um, Bob Backlund, uh, I think at one point there's a pic, like there's a shot of him and he lost a tooth. Okay. And I'm like, how did that happen? He hasn't even gotten physically involved in the match yet. Um, 
And then I think the ending is what took it out for me because Backlund sure. gets shoved down twice, once by Maurice, and then he just goes and he tears his shirt off, and then the <laughs> second time by The Miz, and then Young's like, oh, you know, F you, I'm putting this on. You know, he puts the cross face on. And I wrote, I'm not sure if I'd want Bob Backlund as a life coach. <laughs> I, I'm sure he is a wonderful person. I know Brian has met him. We'll have to get him on. He could tell you his story of meeting Bob Backlund. Um, oh, God. But I'm not sure if I'd want him as a life coach. All right. No. <laughs> All right, so then the next match we have here is John Cena, Enzo, and Kaz versus The Club. And my notes here say, I guess I didn't, and maybe, Bill, you could vouch for this or not, because maybe I'm wrong. Why aren't more people booing Cena? Okay, that's WWE controlling the volume thing. Okay, so they yep. were booing him. Okay. They were booing him. Not the loudest. We no, did. definitely doesn't seem like, you know, we did New Year's Revolution, and I'm sure they were booing way more then yeah. than they were here. Um, I think New Year's Revolution 2007. I, Check I it out in your cards. I think a little bit maybe of a respect value, because the, the whole booing John Cena thing starts in D.C. at SummerSlam 05 when he right. faces Jericho. That's where it all starts. So, But not as loud as you would think because I recently watched it uh, because I was curious, when does the real... So like I watched that episode that I watched specifically for John Cena segments the next two episodes and I'm like I guess it's a while before it becomes like almost the majority of booze. Yeah. So, but you're right, it does start faintly I think people make it more than it is on the Jericho one. Like, if you watch that back, it's actually not as much as people lead it to be. See, my thing was, I was like, oh, they're not booing Cena. This this probably shows that WWE chased away that audience, and now it's no wonder why they're not booing him, because this is a new audience now. And then the pop that Enzo and Cass got. Oh, my God, that was not were so over. Oh my gosh. I I think what their downfall was for me is they both started to develop huge egos that they mm-hmm. could not be touched. They could not, you know, do anything wrong. And then with not even within two years, they're both gone. Right. These two could have Yeah, been you're the- right, Bill. You that I, I agree with that. Um you know, because between the pop that they got, this, um, the promo that Enzo oh, Amore so had cut was so like good. one of his best promos that he ever did. And he is, hands down, Enzo it was like, as far as this generation of talent, Enzo is up there in terms of mic work and all that because I mean he he's a pop culture reference king mm. and I mean that 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 has a lot for probably us um that help that's relatable he had the whole yogi and hey boo boo mm-hmm. thing and all that so but yeah this was one of the best promos that Enzo and cast well Enzo primarily has done and even John Cena was like putting these guys over, you know, he's clapping for them and everything. And 
it, it was it was a really um to me that was a standout moment. My next two notes completely contradict that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote I wrote I think I hate Cena more now than I did in the Super Cena era, which I definitely have said during our summer series at some point. Um, and I put is this. Caso ends uh, Cas Enzo thing like forty minutes long. <laughs> hey, I would have never got tired of it. That was the I, thing. They brought so they bring so much energy into the ring there. So that's why I liked it so much. In, in all reality, I, I wonder how long it actually was. There, I know it wasn't forty minutes, but it definitely wasn't five. I, I take it he wasn't <laughs> a fan of the four G joke. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I think I zoned out at some point. I'm sure. <laughs> I, well, I was, and then I was like, and then, you know, seeing his interaction, I was like, oh god, all right, let's can we can we start the match? Can we get together? <laughs> beat up John Cena. Be, yeah, beat up John Cena. Beat I don't, I don't care. Do something. Was, I loved it. Uh, Cena's team wins, but Bill, I don't think you, you got your uh, there were, your thoughts on this. There match. were there were club fans there. You just didn't hear them that much, but they were there. Um. Actually, watching this, it was a good match. Um, yes, it was. Uh, the the fans really were into Enzo and Cass. They were really into the club. The only one was Cena, but, you know, th- that thing's been going on forever by this point. So. Right. Um, I, I think this was a, uh, a well-liked match from the people in the arena, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked like it was a lot of fun. It was just your standard um, tag uh, six man tag match. Um, some good spots here and there, um, and a good thing to note too. Um, AJ Styles is still like in his first year in WWE here, mm-hmm. and so the, it, that was a good idea to put him um, put him uh, him Anderson and Gallows together. Um, just for the simple fact of their bullet club history, and um, and that they were they were together all the time too. Um, I want to mention that before he debuted for WWE, him and Luke Gallows were booked at a show um, here in Bar- in Georgia. It's a town called Barnesville. I want to say Luke Gallows owned the promotion at the time, but it was called Wrestle America, and. Um, I remember um, hearing the rumors of them coming and things like that, and um, and I met AJ Styles that night, and I was like, you know, AJ Styles is like top five, top three, my favorite wrestlers ever, and so of course I was incredibly nervous meeting him and stuff, and uh, and I remember just saying to him. I know you got a lot going on right now. He had just had that fantastic performance days, like four days prior, uh, after, or prior with Shinsuke Nakamura mm. at Wrestle Kingdom 10. And, oh man, so like, I'm like all in my feelings and I'm like, I was like, I know you had a lot of stuff going on. That match at Wrestle Kingdom was incredible, blah, blah, blah. And then I said, you know, I know there's a lot of rumors and stuff, and I said, I just want to let you know I support you in whatever you do, and I wish you the best of luck. I caught him off guard, and he kind of like, he kind of just like um, perked up, like, huh? Oh, oh, well, thank you. 
<laughs> and um, I looked at my nephew because I took my nephew Alex with me that night because he loves him too. And I looked at him and I said, he's so going to be at the Rumble. And I was right. <laughs> All right. So the next thing we have. Story, but yeah, um, at this point, AJ Styles, um, he's in his first year and he's doing fairly well. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. The next thing that we have here, and this surprised me, Chris Jericho's highlight reel with Randy Orton. It surprised me mostly because I don't think I'm used to seeing a talking segment done on a pay-per-view to build to another pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I, that's, that's very, very weird. Um, if this was supposed to sell me on Orton versus Lesnar, it failed. <laughs> Yeah, any uh, anything yeah. that mentions Brock Lesnar does not um, does not interest me in the least because I cannot stand Brock Lesnar. Also, you know he's just not going to be around after after that for a exactly. while. Exactly, and to... I mean it's just a money thing. That's all what that is. Right. The the only like there was one line that was really good where Orton's like, "Well, unlike Brock, my talent is not enhanced." Uh. I was like, damn. <laughs> we were all, you know, all, Randy, I love Randy to death. That, that, like was, that was a good line. Why yeah, I, I love him. Um, he is so savage when he can be, and uh, he is not afraid. Like, Randy is the type of person, he gives zero Fs, if you know what I mean. Watch now, what I, oh, God. I was going to say, watching it back, this did not need to be on the pay-per-view. No, not at all. No, uh-uh. That could have easily been safe for all the next night. Mm-hmm. But now here's my question, because I don't think I really got the answer, except maybe I missed it, which could be very possible, because, again, this zoned out a lot during this pay-per-view. Um, what, why Randy Orton? Like, did Lesnar make a challenge? Did Orton make a challenge? Why? Did they just wake up and say, hey, guys, we're just going to have Randy Orton versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam? <laughs> they, based, they announced on a SmackDown, the main event of SummerSlam, and it was Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. And... What a shock. They're not their world title match. Okay, cool. And Orton had not been there for a while. That was... Yeah, he had returned from injury or something like that. So this was like his first appearance since the match was announced. Um, So... I think that's maybe why this happened was because just to have him be on TV. But yeah, this was announced. That match was announced weeks before this pay per view happened. So mm-hmm. it was a way. I to think hype it was thrown together for the most part. Yeah, so it was like they were like, "Yep, it's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton, but no title or anything." But that's our main event. Yep. Okay, cool. All right, so now here's where things got interesting for me. Because this is where I was like, oh, this match actually feels like it has stakes, which I didn't feel like for the rest of them, because this is the Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose. Because from what I understood, and please correct me if I'm wrong with this, Dean Ambrose had just won the championship fairly recently, Mm -hmm. and then he was drafted to SmackDown, which means Raw now does not have a world champion. Mm -hmm. Right. And this was all about, like, Who's going to get the world title? Is it going to be Raw, which is represented by Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, which is SmackDown, and Roman Reigns, who I actually don't remember who he was with. He was with Raw. Okay, so Raw. Raw had two out of three chances then to actually come home with a title, with the title here. 
Um, this match was, like I said, this felt like this actually had stake, so I liked it. Um, this, I what I the only thing I don't like is that I don't know. I feel like, and I've always felt like this. They treat the Shield. The Shield is a good group. Don't get me wrong there. But they're not a revolutionary group like WWE would want me to believe. They're not the NWO. They didn't re- revolutionize wrestling. They're not, um, you know, even D-Generation X. Like, I don't know. I just think the hype is too much from them from WWE. Um, good group? Absolutely. A top five? Absolutely not. What do you think? Um... Well, being that I'm a Shield fangirl at heart, <laughs> sure. Uh, um, I I think you know they came in at a time where something like that was desperately needed. Now, for me, I they're one of my favorites because this this brought in three guys. Um, two two of them had, you know, Ring of Honor indie wrestling history as um, Tyler Black and um, John Moxley. Um, and then you had the powerhouse of Roman Reigns. He's a second-generation superstar, blah, blah, blah. Um, that, that, to me, I think I think it was like right place, right time. Everything just worked. And one of the reasons why I think they were over like they were because they had all this riot gear on and stuff. They were tough. They were badass. And they were all hot, okay? That, that, <laughs> I'm just going to be real here because sure. – all three of them are hot, and um, but despite looks and everything aside, whether whether they're a team or they're enemies, they have insane chemistry. They had that. There was a lot of good stuff in this match. Sure, I agree. And you know, and so it just goes to show you that you know, no matter the situation, I mean. They knocked it out of the park. I mean, they they have great chemistry in the ring, no matter the situation. And I think each guy got highlighted through the match. Um, there was one outside spot where um, Dean Ambrose, I want to say John Moxley, so bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, he got he's running along the announce tables and he jumps onto um, Seth and Roman. Um, where the timekeeper's table was. That was a good spot. Um, And then another thing, too, um, I think this is Roman's first appearance since the wellness policy violation. Mm -hmm. And so, like, and and I kind of like the subtleness of this. Maybe it's just me being a fangirl, but he had his beard grew out and everything, kind of like, you know, he, you know, he usually shaves sometimes or whatnot, and like he had the whole beard grew out, grown out a little bit, and I was like, you know, I think I, I want to say I remember, remember thinking at this point, you know, he hadn't trimmed his beard in a while. He's never like that. This was at the time the show <laughs> happened in 2016. So sure. Um. So yeah. Uh. I, I remember watching this at work. Um. I used to work at a hotel, and I worked all night, and mm. it was. Like when it, on a Sunday night when it's slow as hell, like that's what I did. I watched the pay per views. I was like, Mark move. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess one of my follow up question here is like, if you were to make out with a Shield member, which one would it be? 
All three. Hello. <laughs> no, you have to. You have to choose one. No, no, you only get one. Well, considering then and now, box box is sexy as hell. To wait, me. wait, so, wait, wait. Would, so wait, would you say it's a different answer whether it's 2016 or 2020? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so who's the 2016? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think he was held back in WWE for the most part, considering the stuff he's doing now. And he, I mean, he's been killing it in AD, AEW right now. So, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, confirmed you would take John Moxley home slash Gene Ambrose in 2020. Yes. Yes. Okay. We're going to say Mox. 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 Sorry. Yeah. That, well, that's, yeah. Um, one thing that also made this important to me was the fact that the, general managers slash commissioners came out. It's like, yeah. all right, so you see, that, like, okay, there are definitely stakes here. Um, eventually, Ambrose wins. Bill, give your thoughts on the match and what you thought overall, and then I have a super important question that I need to know regarding the aftermath of this match. Okay. First off, I just want to say, The Shield is in my top ten factions of all time. Just wanted to say that. Okay. Roman that might make Reigns, 10 for me. I don't know. Yeah. Low 10, like 9 or 10, but... Right. Roman Reigns coming out was the single loudest boo, booing experience <laughs> I have ever heard in my life. What you heard on the TV is... It's like five times louder, ten times louder. He, oh, yeah. He got I, booed uh, out the building and out to the next town. That's how loud it was. Mm-hmm. Oh the- yeah, a lot of you know, a lot of people dislike Roman, and it's unfortunate because he's a really nice guy, and and um, you know he works hard and everything. But you know, I mean, just his booking, and it's not his fault. But, but yeah, but the suspension was the was is what yeah. really kicked it in because after that it was like, oh god, here we go. You know, the match was a good match. I mean, for Ambrose, Rollins, and Reigns, the chemistry is there. I'm not saying it's one of the greatest matches ever, but right. between the three of them, they just have that chemistry where it's like, it's a good, you know, it's a good match. It's a watchable match. Um, oh, yeah. And And I agree with Jim because this was important because of, you know, where the title would end up being and, what we'll get after. Um, obviously, Ambrose had to go over. There's no way Reigns could have won. Honestly, oh, God, no. I... Okay, I'm going to say this. I've never told you this, Jim. Yes. This was my feeling at the time going into that event. So this is your confession? Yes. Just like the Usher song? Yes. Okay. This, is, this is part 18 of my confession. Yes. <laughs> if Reigns had won that match... I thought there was going to be a riot that night. I really did. Mm. <laughs> because DC fans, in, in this, obviously this is a biased opinion. Yeah, no shit. Okay, God. Are one of the more underrated fans <laughs> in wrestling. 
because they know. They, I kind of agree with that. Because they I, know the product, they know you know who's good, who's not good. I think they're underrated. Plus, you look at you look at the um, their reaction for. I mean, they definitely helped make that first AEW TV taping. Yes, for sure. Did. <laughs> oh God, it is we. Okay, go ahead, continue. <laughs> um, no, I thought it was a good match. The right guy went over, and the celebration was a nice celebration. It wasn't cheesy, and it was a good way to end the pay-per-view. Plus, mm-hmm. and, I, and I noticed this when I was watching it, it looks like Maurice is talking to Rowan as they're coming to the ring. So I'm wondering if Maurice was pitching uh, Ms. and Mrs. to Eric Rowe and be like, you could be on our show in a few years. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I can't I wanna, believe that's a show, by the way. <laughs> I I want to point out um, what Bill said a moment ago about the rioting. Um, I actually went to WrestleMania 31, where he was in the title match with Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was so volatile during that match. And, you know, I can't even watch the match on TV without feeling like... I, Feeling like the way I did when I was at um, Levi Stadium. Have you? Mm-hmm. Huh? Have you? Have, have you ever heard the story of what happened or almost happened after WrestleMania went off the air? For what? Thirty-one. Yeah. Well, first of all, I never even yeah, watched thirty-one, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Find me. <laughs> okay. Well, Roman Reigns' dad, who is Sika. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was about to start a riot because his son didn't win the title. Oh, God. Yeah, I I remember reading that. um, It was going to be him and a bunch of pissed-off Samoans were going to start a fight. Hey, they were were in the San Francisco Bay Area, and there's a lot of them in the area. So, yeah. So I have t- two questions. One is the is a question that I just realized while listening to you guys talk. So you're saying that this was like the return match for um, Roman Reigns, right? Mm-hmm. How did he get in this match then? Well, before the suspension happened. Be- because you would think it's the Raw guy versus the SmackDown guy, and you would think that the SmackDown guys, there's Team SmackDown wouldn't want two Raw guys in a triple threat match that lowers their odds. Well, okay, well, well, and then that's going to lead into another thing here, but the match was made before they dis- they decided to split the brand. Okay, that makes sense. They've done that well, before, where the match is already made. Here was um, Seth. Um, Seth actually in the pay per view at the Money in the Bank pay per view. Seth actually defeated Roman to win, and then Dean Ambrose cashed in Money in the Bank. Okay. Yeah, so there's the whole rematch clause and all that. And, of course, you know, Seth versus Dean versus Roman, I mean, they capitalized on that. And so it kind of just worked itself out in a way. Right. Makes a little more sense to me. Now, here's the big question. This is – I when I wrote this question down, I was like, when I get an answer from either of you, I also need a follow-up and details on it. Now, we know that Dean Ambrose won, so therefore SmackDown keeps the title despite there being two Raw guys in this triple threat match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this why the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship exists? Yes. Knew it. Fuck. 
<laughs> Can you give me details on like how that? So did, did was it just presented or no? What they did the next night on Raw, um, Stephanie McMahon by default put Seth Rollins in the match to crown the first Brock Lesnar Memorial Champion for SummerSlam. Yes. The other spot was going to be done in like a sort of like a mini tournament. And like well, like four people. Well, it was like two four four way matches, and then the two winners fought at the end of the night. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. And it ended and that up was Finn Balor. Yep, it was Finn Balor who won on his debut night on Raw, beating mm. Roman Reigns. So it ends up being Rollins and Balor at SummerSlam for the title. Balor wins the title, but really, in, mm-hmm, but in the process, tears his shoulder out, and he during has, the match, yes, and he has to vacate the title the next <sighs> night. It's kind of like it was doomed from the start. Yep. That's well, two things I'm getting from that. Number one, it's crazy that that happened where the title was almost immediately vacated after it was awarded. The second thing is, it's nuts that Balor had the title because I would have never thought he was a champion at any point in his career. Oh, they were going to push him to the moon. Oh. Well, you could have yeah, you know, that, what he's doing that right now. Really hurt Balor in the long run, I think, and it's unfortunate because Balor is an incredible wrestler. Because like the only thing I know from Balor, I think, is like. He's lost to The Fiend, and then now he's on NXT, which I guess is fine, but I'm very surprised by that. All right, so the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship has been born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long was it before Brock Lesnar actually got the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship out of curiosity? Um, let me check real quick. So, uh, Yeah, while well, you look that up, okay, so uh, Sarah, do you have anything else for this match before we uh, wrap things up in a few minutes here? I think I said everything that I wanted to say, and um, I put I I put on here relating back to that Facebook post that popped up in my timeline. I put I said that this pay per view exemplified the building of legacies, and it was a standout pay per view for a secondary one. Um, I actually pulled up a couple of blogs that I did then leading up to Battleground. Alright. Um, one was on the Camel Clutch blog. Of course, it was the five women who could team up with Sasha at Battleground. Um, somebody on Sportskeeda had already taken that, so I was like, no, I know it's Bailey, and da-da-da-da. I'm going to put this on Camel Clutch. Um, so, so basically, it was just... Um, what was that? I have no idea. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, so, like, the names that I had was um, Nia Jax, Paige, Naomi, Nikki Bella, and, of course, the most obvious pick ever was Bailey. Um, I put, and then with Nikki Bella, I put, if my number one pick isn't in, then this is the most likely choice. Um, she had come back from injury. Um, and then, like... Yeah, Nikki Bella kind of had that secondary feud with um, Carmella going on mm-hmm. on SmackDown, so that kind of started that. Um, I'm just looking. 
Naomi basically simply Divas Revolution history. Um, Paige, because her her and um, Sasha helped each other out when Charlotte and Dana Brooke teamed up on them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, of course, Nia Jax. um, She had just made her main roster debut. Um, So there's that. And then leading up, no, this was after, but I put it on here anyway because of what was going on between Charlotte and Sasha, I had a blog on Sports Kita at that time. It says, Seven Reasons Why Sasha Banks is the New Trish Stratus. Hmm. And, you know, so everything that happened post-Battleground um, really paralleled with, you know, the World Main Event, things like that. So um, that was just something that... Um, that I had that might have been of kind of of significance at that time. All right, Bill, are you ready? Give me when Brock Lesnar finally won the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship. Okay, so he would win the title at WrestleMania 33. It would be April the 2nd, 2017. Okay. So it's about seven, eight months about before... Right, well... I'm looking right now. So this event was held on July 24th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the Universal Championship was um, in state re- was presented at SummerSlam that year. That would be the next month, right? Uh, and also Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship. Um, hey, how, what is our record at this point, Bill, with Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship days of how long Brock Lesnar's had it? All right, do you want to do combined days or combined days recognized by WWE? What the hell's the difference? Ah, uh, you know it's Okay. Well, it is 688 days. Okay, that's combined all time of any reign that he held. Of Yeah. Now, who's the second most? Kevin Owens, 188 days. Well, Kevin Owens has a lot of work to oh, do. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, th- this is when Goldberg came back, squashed Kevin Owens, then it was him versus Brock Lesnar because it was a what-if scenario from WrestleMania 20, and Brock Lesnar wins. Yay! Who cares? Right. I, I, mean, I don't he, like either guy. I am sorry. I mean, he definitely does since it's his title belt. Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship. Until somebody passes him in combined days, it is staying the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, or if it gets dissolved, because then it doesn't really work, like, after 10 years after it's dissolved as a championship. And now in 2020, um, right now, is Drew McIntyre. And, you know, well, I want to say with this pandemic and everything, um, since we did our... um, rumble podcast there you know we've seen we've seen braun Strowman become wwe champion drew mcintyre well deserved of course you know becky is pregnant now so oscar's champion um but i cannot wait till they start doing live shows again like in arenas and stuff because imagine how loud 
that pop is going to be for Drew McIntyre when he comes out to a live crowd. Ooh, Imagine. Mm, I don't know. I don't think they've done enough to make us care about Drew McIntyre as champion. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying because um, just the fact that Drew, um, just from his the history, he was like the chosen one. Then he got let go. He completely reinvented himself while he was in TNA and whatnot. He mm. came back better than ever. And, you know, and I, I saw what I needed to see in his match with Brock Lesnar. Um, and he was the same one as the Goldberg match. It was almost the exact same thing. Yeah. So, you know, Drew, Drew was, you know, it's Drew's time. Basically, that's just what I'm saying is that, you know, he had the, he has the support of the fans and everything is, see, you know, seeing him as WWE champion, um, I, you know, that's so rewarding because this is somebody who got put with 3MB and all this stuff, and he was able to come back better than ever, and now he's, like, at the top of the food chain right now. Mm-hmm. So that's just where I was getting at. Um, I don't know. I'm still okay with them not having any fans. I'm still good with that. I think, I, like I said before to people, I think the product is a little bit more watchable with no fans. I still haven't figured out why, but obviously when fans come back, I will figure it. I think I kind of have an idea, though, because they've been doing new things to try to make it feel like there are fans. And I have my theories, but let's get out of here. We're about to head out. Um, Bill, overall thought, well, both Bill and Sarah, overall thoughts on Battleground. We'll start with Bill and then go with Sarah and then get final plugs. We're out. Um, you know, watching it for the first time since being there. There were some matches that weren't as good as I remembered it, and there were some that were as good. Um, this is a passable show. I would recommend watching it. Sarah, what about you? I, I completely agree with Bill. Um, this was a great pay-per-view, um, and uh, it, it has some significance as far as the shield goes, and kind of kind of brought back some... Um, things you actually forget about and um like it made me miss Rusev it made me miss Enzo and Cass um considering where everybody was then and where they're they are now um I mean uh, all these all of them have come a long way and accomplished so much since then and um so it it was a night it was a nice throwback and you know just thinking post pay-per-view to now what everybody's doing how they accomplished everything and all that so it was it was for what it for what the pay-per-view was it was it was really good um considering it's just like a secondary pay-per-view it was a really a standout one Mm -hmm. all right as far as i go like i mentioned for the most part not a fan um you know the last match i thought was good but outside of that yeah I definitely wouldn't recommend, but, you know, do what you want. Maybe you can try to look for Bill in the audience when you watch this pay-per-view. <laughs> You're going to have to look real hard, folks. I should have watched for that. Like I said, so I'm I can... the nosebleeds. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, definitely there are no real uh... – so I should just be – that's what I should have done. I should have spent this whole event looking for you. <laughs> that's what I should have done. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Sarah, why don't you give some final plugs and let's get out of here. All right. Well, um, again, I thank you guys for having me. I had a blast um, with you as always. Um, 
You can find me on Facebook. You can go to my page, www.facebook.com slash JustSarahAWV. I am on Instagram as AntiTwister08. Um, and right now I currently write for um, E-Wrestling News and Diva Dirt. You can find me there. All right. Very good. As far as I go, that's podcasting.com and that's podcasting on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and that's pretty much it. Bill, give your plugs and let's head out of here. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. Follow me on Instagram at Mr. Billiam85. And uh, check out my podcast, That Wrestling Show, comes out each and every Friday. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will talk to you all again real soon.